0: Welcome to The Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420 and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075 are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: Welcome to the Money Hour 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 23rd show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell, and my co-host, Keelan Harvey, he's out fishing. It must be a guy thing, so I'm going to be f- flying solo here uh, with my amazing guest in studio, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-400-1150 or online at com. And my lineup for the show today, Dan Faulkner with the Dan Faulkner Group. Does the full-service real estate professional still have a role in our current market? Next guest in studio, Kim Frazier with John L. Scott as well. How to successfully market your home for sale to get maximum exposure. And my last guest in studio, Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance. The benefits of having an independent insurance agent. Great information and great guest in studio. For more information on any topics discussed today or topics you'd like to hear on a future show, please call the show at one 855 41150 again that's 400 41150 or online at the moneyr.com and let's start out today's show just as I do each week with a little money chat
0: money money
1: Today's Money Chat is Social Security and Medicare. Experts agree this year Social Security and Medicare trustees' reports were bad news. Signed into law in 1953, the U.S. Social Security program was designed at one time to be a, very, a key provider of income for Americans who reached retirement age. However, with an aging population, increasing lifespans, and the failure of many private pension systems, Social Security is growing part of the federal budget, accounting for a significant slice of the federal spending. Even with the tremendous outlay in the fund, Social Security is not enough to fully fund retirement. The average Social Security retirement benefit is just over $1,231 a month. You calculate those numbers out. It's not enough to cover typical monthly expenses for many American households. Now, Medicare, a national health insurance program now administrated by the Centers of Medical and Medicare Services of U.S. Federal Government, but began in 1966 under the Social Security Administration. United States Medicare is funded by the combination in payroll tax premiums and surtax from beneficiaries and general revenue. It provides health insurance for Americans age 65 or older who have worked and paid into the system through the payroll tax. It also provides health insurance to younger people, some with disability status as determined by the Social Security Administration. A pair of recent reports advanced projections from the depletion date of Medicare by three years while forecasting that Social Security has funds to stay solvent for eight years beyond that. But the timeline doesn't tell the whole story. While the threat to Medicare may be more intimate, analysts say that the crisis facing Social Security is likely more severe. The annual report released last week says that the hospital insurance trust fund, which provides the financing behind Medicare payments, will fall into the red in 2026, three years earlier than similar reports last projected. The Social Security Trust Fund, meanwhile, won't run out until 2034 under current law. But the Medicare short- shortfall would not result in a total implosion of payments, according to Centers of Medicare. While the Medicare trust fund is projected of insolvent, it will still have money to pay an estimated 91% of cost. Social Security shortfall, when it becomes insolvent, will be much larger. Around a quarter of payments would not be covered by tax payroll taxes that make up the bulk of the program's income. Now, both Security Trust Fund and Medicare's hospital trust fund are financed primarily through payroll taxes. And because of the voluntary of the structural factors, age, and the funds, and different sizes of annual revenue and, and benefit ta- pay, payrolls. Social Security has a much larger built-up of money in its trust fund than Medicare does, which only has about the value of eight months of payments in reserve. But Medicare, Medicare shortfall is also relatively small compared to what Social Security would be if no action is taken. Now, a Medicare trust fund hasn't gone bankrupt in the last half of century and can't imagine that it will go bankrupt in the next half a century. But Social Security will be m- far much more challenging, especially as time goes on. Now, in the past, particularly at the point of the 1980s, when Social Security trust funds nearly went bankrupt, Congress had acted to short up the program, making cuts in the benefits, raising taxes. This time, it may not be quite that easy. Sort of some immediate action address, liking cutting benefits of raising the eligibility age, the financial structure behind Social Security may have to be completely revamped with prevents its presents its own problems. It's so late in the game with respect to the court correction that the shortfalls of Social Security trust fund are such magnitude that window of opportunity may have passed. Now, Social Security program's cost exceeds the income in the year for the first time in, t- in 1982, forcing the program to dip into nearly $3 trillion trust funds of covered benefits. Now, this is three years sooner than expected a year ago, partly due to the lower economic growth projections, according to the latest annual report in the trustee Social Security and Medicare re- released. The social security program costs are expected to exceed its income this year, making it the first time that it's happened since 1982 and forcing the US government to dip into the retirement system trust to pay benefits and participants. Now the program's trustees said that the shortfall Trend could worsen in the decades to come. So, because Social Security is the main source of income for older Americans, that scenario could crimp households' budgets for seniors and even push them into poverty. About 23% of older married couples rely on Social Security as their main source of income, according to the program. Now, President Donald Trump says that he will not cut Social Security or Medicare, but hasn't offered any rescue plan for the long term. Democrats want the expand to safety the net spending more on health care and education. So I hope that your takeaway with my little bit of money chat went a little bit, a little bit longer today. But this is an issue that we have to be looking and seeing what's going to happen moving forward. So the takeaway is really to, to save your money and think about your retirement and not rely on what's going to come through for you in Social Security. That's my money chat for today. Coming up next in the money hour, does your full service real estate professional still have a role on the current market? Dan Faulkner with Dan Faulkner Group right here on 1150 AM K. KNW after the short break.
2: Are you tired of wasting your hard-earned dollars on rent to pay off someone else's home and at the same time losing out on the tax benefits in the process? Kim Fraser with John L. Scott has assisted over 800 individuals and families just like yours in obtaining the dream of home ownership. Kim has been practicing real estate since 2002 and is recognized in the top 1% of all real estate brokers. Kim is well equipped to assist you whether you are a first-time buyer or a move-up buyer looking to achieve your real estate goals. Hi,
3: I'm Kim Frazier, and I would love to assist you with your real estate needs. Please feel free to call me at 425-209-5638, or you can find me online at kimberlyfrazier.com.
0: You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey,
1: Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host, and Tina Mitchell, my co-host, Keelan Harvey, which is not here. He's actually on a fishing trip this weekend, and so I'm going to be flying solo. I'm, we're your local mortgage experts right here in on 1150 AM KKNW this Saturday, June 23rd and it is a great day to talk money. The show, that's what the show is all about, how to make money, how to save money, and have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing our show at a different time, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please feel free to call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And in studio right now, Dan Dan Faulkner. With the Dan Faulkner Group. Does the full service real estate professional still have a role in our current market? Dan, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Happy to have you here.
4: Thanks for having me. It's been a while, I think. It been has three, been. Three, four years.
2: Yeah, least, well, we keep
1: somewhere. reaching out to you. It takes you a little while to get here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I appreciate you coming in so <laughs> much. And a little bit about Dan. Uh, born in Redmond, Dan is a native of the area, uh, attending local schools, including the University of Washington, as well as experiencing all of the area he has to offer has given Dan a unique perspective on the east side and Seattle. This breadth of knowledge of schools, parks, communities and neighborhoods makes him able to attend to the needs of a very in-depth way. Graduating from the University of Washington in 2005, Dan initially had planned to go to law school. However, the real estate business pulled him in and started straight out of college. He's never looked back. His favorite part of being a real estate agent is building the relationships with his clients. For him, there's nothing better than seeing his clients grow into their home and truly getting to know them and their families. And that's what really real estate is all about is building that relationship so that you can have uh, that, that trust and that confidence and building it in what you're going to take them through is the biggest purchase they're going to make in their entire life. So Dan, I'm no excited doubt. to talk to you today about, um, a full service real estate professional and what their role is in today's current market. So if somebody's saying the home is going to sell either way, someone may ask, why would you pay less to sell it?
4: Yeah. Val- valid question. It is right, a valid question. It is probably going to sell either way. And I'm the yeah. first one to tell that to a seller. And the question is, what is it going to sell for? Yes. And, um, you know, if a, if a full-service professional realtor can't get more than what the discount is and then some, mm-hmm. then we don't really have a role. Yes. And the fact is, it's really hard to make a living doing 1% listings. And they, they do have to cut corners doing that. And I'm not uh, here to throw anybody or any company under the bus or anything like that, but it's hard. And and they have to make that up many times in volume. So you have agents who are doing one or 200 transactions a year, and it's Uh harder for them to give that same level of service that a uh, real professional would.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know, as I always say, discounted uh, price equals discounted service. And if you think of anything else and any other type of business, I mean, you can use retail for an example. You have Nordstrom, you have a Target. So where you're going to buy your clothes, there is going to be a different in service, there's going to yeah. be a different in quality, and there's a lot of things. So something to consider um, when you're picking your real estate expert. Now
4: and It's what, the same on the lending side, too. Yes, I, mean, of I course. always tell people that, hey, should I go with Quicken or or should I go with someone mm-hmm. like Tina? I'm like, well, if you want to avoid being in boxes the day before closing and getting a call from Quicken saying we need two more weeks, then I'd suggest you you go know, yeah. with Tina. So, yeah. Or uh,
1: we can't close the loan when you're a couple of weeks away from closing. That's, That's a, a big too. disaster yeah. as well. But yeah. So what about the role of a fir- full-service professional um, uh, pay? Can you talk a little bit about that, Dan?
4: Yeah. I mean, it really comes down to negotiating, marketing, and managing the process. I Mm -hmm. mean, oftentimes it's a rocky process. You want somebody experienced and knowledgeable to help you get through all those obstacles. Marketing, I mean, in today's day and age, you need, and in this area, um, you need good photos, good web exposure, good print marketing, all that good stuff. You need a good negotiator, somebody who is truly not afraid to walk away from the deal uh, because you know that that person's going to do a really good job for you.
1: So, Dan, with your clients, how are you able to get um, more profit and really be able to maximize on that profit for your your sellers? What are some of your techniques and secrets?
4: Well, again, you know it's marketing negotiating and and process. As a good example, um, a lot of a, a big mistake I see agents make sometimes is they they won't do an offer review day. So typically, we list you know Wednesday, Thursday, Friday hold off on reviewing offers until the next week, and that allows Uh everyone to come through and see the home. Well, I see agents um, potentially underprice the listing, and they don't do an offer review date. You get a full price offer on Friday, which sounds really good, except for the fact you could have gotten 10% more if you would have positioned it well. Sure. And been more strategic and waited until the next week to review. Yeah, so, that's so it's a lot
1: of it. It, it, it's really there's a lot of strategy behind it. There's a lot, a lot of um, structuring. There's a lot of time and a lot of uh, knowledge and expertise to really be able to maximize profit, and how you're actually listing that and going through that profit as well is, is critically important. So Dan, what about the difference in uh, web reach, that's a hard one for me to say today, uh, between a discounted broker and a full service broker?
4: There really is none. Mm-hmm. I mean, any broker can get you on any any website. And the way that it works is you list in the MLS, that's a central hub of all listing data that goes to Redfin, it goes to John L. Scott. It goes to to Windermere, and so the the playing field's pretty level mm-hmm. when it comes to that. So it comes the the value of of a pro kind of comes in in other items besides that, because regardless of who you list with, you're going to get that exposure.
1: Yeah, and that's really good information because uh, one of the discounted uh, brokerages out there is a, a Redfin. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not to take anything away from one versus the other, we need both in in our industry and anything sure. that we do. Um, but so a question may be, well, if, if Redfin's not listing my, listing my home, does that mean I'm not getting all of that exposure? Which the answer Great would be question. no because You're yes.
4: still getting the exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a little fun fact about Zillow and Trulia, they don't share data with the MLS. So uh-huh. um, if you're a home buyer looking on Zillow or Trulia isn't gonna have all the most up-to-date information. We see that a lot as well. But again, as a, as a pro, You can just take the extra step and and get it listed on Zillow and Trulia to get even more exposure.
1: Yeah. And that's what really a full service uh, broker is doing is making sure that you're having exposure in every single area that you can. That's one of the benefits of a full service broker, is making sure covering all of those bases, correct? No doubt. Yeah. So, Dan, how much does the company brand or role tour matter?
4: In my opinion, I think you should go with the individual over mm-hmm. the brand and, and the rapport that you have with that particular realtor, how you feel they're going to do. The one exception to that comes with luxury listings. And actually, John Scott and Windermere are the only local companies who have access to a luxury website called Luxury Portfolio. Uh-huh. And it's, it's the largest um, gathering of regional companies throughout the world and has the most traffic, the most market share for marketing luxury listings. And again, the only two companies in this area, because we're the two big regional players are Windermere and John L. Scott. So Coldwell Banker, for example, has their own international site. Remax has their own. The luxury portfolio is, is you know, a huge asset for marketing luxury listings. Other than that, it really comes down to the individual more than the company.
1: Yeah, and I always say that when you're choosing someone to work with, um, you're you know trusting that companies are competitive in what they have to offer, and it really is the individual and in what they're, um how they're structuring putting things together. I mean, you have agents that are industry leaders that work for all the companies. I have them in studio, but the mm-hmm. ones I bring into studio are the best of the best. And they're yeah. not all at John L. Scott or all totally. at Winner, Miracle to Ringer Bane. So yeah, it's that individual mm-hmm. um in the one that you're really connecting with. What's critically important um as your host of the money hour, which is about finding the best of the best experts in every area regarding your financing, is making sure you're finding the best of the bet at best at those big brokers and that's kind of yeah. what the uh, what the show's about. So, Dan, what is the risk to listing with, uh, let's see, a family member that just started at John L. Scott or Windermere or Colder Banker or Bain? Um, yeah. What's the risk of that?
4: Well, that's a big one. We get that a lot. Like, my niece just got their license. I kind of have uh-huh. to go with them. And I just say, you know, be careful. Make sure if they're new, make sure that they have some good mentorship and yes. some some good guidance. But I hear a lot of... Uh, regrettable stories about situations like that. So I just say, be careful.
1: Yeah. And we all had a start. I mean, I've been doing this for over two decades. I know you've been in it for, you know, over a decade yeah. Our other guest is as well. And so, you know, we all started, we started somewhere. And totally. if it weren't for our initial, our beginning clients giving us a chance, we wouldn't be here today. Yeah. But um, I really love what you, you said, a, a good person or good, somebody that's really strategizing, succeeding in the business is going to get connected with the mentor and have somebody that can help them walk through that process. So if you are Working with that brand new agent, mm-hmm. ask who their mentor is, and maybe bring them into you know bring them into the meeting or something, right? For sure. Yeah. So Dan, uh, neighbors, let's say sold their home for seven hundred and fifty thousand, and I've got a listener that's saying, why don't I just list it for eight hundred thousand because I know the market is increasing, yeah, so up, up it's fifty thousand. What would you say to that?
4: I would say right now in this type of a market where it is a seller's market there's not a lot of inventories the only mm-hmm. way to screw up pricing is to overprice yes. because we see homes sit all the time if they're um, priced right or priced a little bit under market they're going to sell and they're going to ultimately net you more money
1: yeah so it, it, it's all about the price regardless of the market and isn't it uh, true as well dan that in a market that's so crazy where we're seeing Uh, such appreciation so quickly that overpricing is so much more common in this market because people just think that, wow, I just need to list it what I think the maximum it could go for, which it totally destroys the negotiating. So let's talk about that. How do you find out if your realtor is a really amazing negotiator because it comes down to that on either side, whether you're wearing your hat for a seller as a listing uh, broker, or if you're wearing the hat as a selling broker, um, you have to be a good negotiator. So how does somebody figure out that their realtor has those skills?
4: It's a great question. I think it comes down to two things. And, And the first is are they willing to give you bad news? Are they willing yeah. to tell you that hey, you shouldn't price this at eight hundred? I know this isn't what you want to hear, but I really think we should price at seven fifty, and we'll end up at eight hundred. But let's yeah. not start there. Are they willing to give you that news? The other is, do they seem confident and willing to walk away from the deal? I think that's really important. And if I was a consumer hiring a realtor, financial advisor, mortgage person, and be like, does this person seem like they absolutely need my business yeah. or are they? Are they okay if, if they don't get it? I think that's a big portion.
1: I was just going to ask you before you answer that. So would a good broker walk away from a seller that was not willing to listen to an advice of an opinion of what they should list their home for?
4: In some situations, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I jokingly yeah. say, you know, I'd rather give you the bad news now and... Yeah. Have you list with someone else for three months yep. and then call me later? As yeah. opposed, I don't want to be the one fired. Exactly. So, yeah, um, you
1: don't want to get hired to do something that you can't do it at, at a great way. You know, yeah. you don't want to be set up to fail. And I always you know, talk I've, um, and I've got a coaching program. I talk about leading from advice, not ask. Now you can't tell a a client what to do. They need to make their decision on what to do, but really Mm -hmm. leading from an advice standpoint of this is what we need to do to be successful and lay that out. And so I love that, Dan. Um, So where is a great place to find that elite industry expert when it comes to a real estate broker?
4: I think a good place to start is ask, friends and family for a good referral. Um, and then I, I think as well, looking online and seeing if that person has good reviews, do they have some sort of a presence online with clients saying things about them? And there's a, a common philosophy out there that sellers always feel like they should interview three realtors. And if you feel like you need to, that's great. But mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like you really need to talk to, to one or two, find someone you have a good rapport with. If you have good rapport with the first one and you feel really good with them, then I think you're you're squared away.
1: Yeah. Love that. Well, Dan, thank you so much for for coming back in studio. We'll get you back here uh, again real soon.
4: Absolutely.
1: Okay. Coming up next on the Money Hour, how to successfully market your home for sale and get maximum exposure. Kim Frazier of John L. Scott, right here on
2: 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Are you tired of wasting your hard-earned dollars on rent to pay off someone else's home and at the same time losing out on the tax benefits in the process? Kim Fraser with John L. Scott has assisted over 800 individuals and families just like yours in obtaining the dream of home ownership. Kim has been practicing real estate since 2002 and is recognized in the top 1% of all real estate brokers. Kim is well equipped to assist you whether you are a first-time buyer or a move-up buyer looking to achieve your real estate goals. Hi, I'm Kim Frazier,
3: and I would love to assist you with your real estate needs. Please feel free to call me at 425-209-5638, or you can find me online at KimberlyFrazier.com.
0: You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk, AM 1150 Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell and Down One, my co-host is fishing fishing with his buddies and left me here with our uh, guests. But I'm here, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 23rd show. Uh, We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're listening to our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at theMoneyAr.com. In studio right now, Kim Frazier of John L. Scott. How to successfully market your home for sale and get maximum exposure. Kim, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Thank you for having me. And a little bit about Kim Kim has been a realtor for over 16 years and hangs her license at John L. Scott's office in Bellevue. She has been consistently recognized for being in the top 1% of real estate brokers, both locally and nationally. With Kim having sold over 1,000 homes in her career, she offers a wealth of experience and knowledge to help her clients navigate the most important purchase of their lives. Kim also is accredited staging professional, as certified luxury home marketing specialist. If you are looking for a realtor with a proven track record, of success, please reach out to Kim. You can reach her at 425-209-5638, or you can always call the show uh, to get connected with her as well. And so, Kim, we're talking today about how to successfully market your home for sale to get maximum exposure. Mm -hmm. So why would you want to make sure that you take the time needed to interview agents? Uh,
3: Okay, so it's really important, as Dan kind of touched on a few minutes ago, about not only making sure they're a good fit, you know, personality-wise. It's a stressful situation. You want to make sure that you have a good rapport with that agent, but we all invest differently into our listings. So... Like what he referenced, like a discount brokerage is not going to have probably the same deep pockets that a full service broker yes. may have that is successful. Um, we set aside more money out of each listing um, to be able to market the listings properly. Yeah. So that's another thing is you want to kind of see what is your standard. Now what I do standard for all of my listings may be a stretch for someone who doesn't do a lot of luxury properties mm-hmm. or higher end properties. When I just do the same thing on all of my listings, so I'm replicating the same thing every single time. I'm not having to create it. You know, because all of a sudden I have a million dollar
1: listing, and I yes. have to scramble to figure out what I'm going to do to
3: market it properly.
1: Yeah, so it all you know comes down to uh, determining um, the net that you're only wa- wanting to make in that mm-hmm. property, and that's going to have a lot to do with the investment into the property. So it makes total sense. So why is it important to ask for past client reviews before hiring an agent?
3: Because I think it's important. I think people can tell you whatever you want to hear. Yeah, you want to be able to actually see some level of success that whether you're reaching out to them um and having a phone conversation email text message to a past client that I've sold a house to or you're reviewing me on Zillow and you're seeing a you know track record of success and happiness with clients every once in a while on Zillow you'll get some crazy like random you know person you're not going to make everybody happy every once in a while you're going to get a review that is not consistent with your others of course but I think when you're looking at someone you know over-promising or they're committing to something, I think it's important to make sure they're
1: going to follow through before you even hire them. Well, just like everything else that we do, the first thing we do now is we're looking at reviews Mm -hmm. before we're buying or making a decision on anything. Before we actually go eat at a restaurant, we're checking out the review to see. So it makes total sense. Why would it be any different Mm -hmm. when you're looking to hire uh, a real estate expert? And as Dan also mentioned, it's not about the company, it's about the individual that you are actually hiring. So making sure that you know uh, what their level of experience has been with their clients uh, on their reviews. So why is it important to set up a marketing timeline?
3: Because I think expectations... And what is a marketing timeline? Yes. So basically a marketing timeline is going to lay out expectation, um, when things are going to release, when are we taking pictures, when are we doing photos, when is the sign going in the yard, when are we doing an open house, we are we doing a broker's open. Um, if we have overpriced the listing and sometimes, like as Dan mentioned, Ideally, we all want the listing. At the end of the day, you wouldn't be at the appointment to begin with if you didn't want the listing. Sure. None of us want an overpriced listing. Um, sometimes you can get people within reason. I have clients occasionally that are just not reasonable, you yeah. know. Um, and sometimes you, it's whether you want to be the first agent or the second agent. Like Dan mentioned, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, I'd rather be the second agent and be the one to sell it than the first agent who's invested thousands of dollars and it's yes. futilely invested. Um, So you want to make sure that you're kind of on the same page within reason, Mm -hmm. Um, as long as they understand, you know, if it hasn't sold in the first week or two, you know, um, depending on which market you're in, whether you're in Snohomish King or Pierce County, your marketing strategy is going to be a little bit different. Um, I was noticing this morning several homes that had price reductions in the South King County area. Um, So you have to be cautious, even on the east side people overpriced five or 10%. Mm-hmm. The market's savvy and things yeah. are slowing down a little bit more yes. now than we were six months ago. So six months ago on the east side, you would have to go minimum 10 to 15% typically over list price to you basically secure you're gonna get the house. Okay. Today it's like one to three, Yeah, you know, yeah. one to 5% over. So you, like I have two listings in Lakemont right now and they both received one offer on the first review weekend, yeah. price them both well. But um, we had seventy people through an open house at my Lakemont listing, um, one of them, and we received one
1: offer. So, what do you think it, it it is right now that we're seeing? And it's kind of it's it's like the market is not dying; it's just mm-hmm. getting more to um, a, a normal, not mm-hmm. so crazy, which is healthy. But what is it is healthy, mm-hmm. and it's nice. It's you kind of just take a step mm-hmm. back and and breathe a little bit to go. Oh, well, mm-hmm. that feels a little better, especially for you guys. What do you <coughs> think is the um, the reason for it getting? Mm-hmm. A little bit more think, and less crazy market. Well, I think interest rates obviously impact yep. that, as you see,
3: on a daily basis. I think, you know, having gone up over a percent in the last six months yes. is definitely going to settle the market. I mean, granted, I bought my first house in 1990 and rates were 10%. And yes. I got it down to nine and a half and I thought I was rich. I was like, yay, I'm <laughs> yeah. saving so much money. A uh, second one, I know it's four and a half, you know. Yeah, 7. yeah. 7.75. So in so reality, sad. you know what I mean? It's, yes. But people they've had this norm for so long now Mm -hmm. eight years of zero percent borrowing rates as you had to in a healthy economy creep those rates up to have a balance um it's just a little sticker shock i think millennials are probably going to face it a little bit more than people our age you know just because we've seen like 8.3 percent was the Mm 30-year average up until about seven years ago you know so Anything below 6%, I think you're stealing money. Yeah. But it's just going to take people a little while to adjust to that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think interest rates obviously impact purchase power. Um, An addition of additional inventory, first quarter was very slow as far as inventory coming onto market. Uh We had more buyers and we had inventory. People are kind of burned out on multiple offers, to be honest yes, with you. They're yeah. sick and tired of losing six houses. They'll sit on the sidelines, wait for things to cool down mm-hmm. a little bit before jumping in. So I think it's a combination of all three of those yeah. things. Plus, actually, seller greed. Yeah, I think <laughs> all of our sellers have a tendency to think, oh, well, my house is worth this much more and yes. 10% more, and then
1: it sits. And you're like, oh. And you try to advise them, but yeah. sometimes they just have to see it on their own. Well, so a call to action for you know buyer. And seller. I mean, for a buyer, if you've been sitting on the fence, here's some exciting news that it, has, it is slowed down um, to where you're not having that craziness in multiple Offers and a call to action of the sellers really, really work with an uh, an expert that's going to be able to help you price your home right to sell, mm-hmm. and a great negotiator, as Dan mentioned as well. So, uh, Kim, what are the first steps in getting your home ready to put it on the market?
3: Well, you want your presentation is always going to be key, okay? And we've talked about that before mm-hmm. in our staging, you know, conversations and times I've been on the show. Uh, curb appeal is huge. Uh-huh. Um, you know, get your yard, you know, looking good. Yes, mulch in the, you know, mulch. You know, pressure wash, you know, make sure your gutters are clean, the facade of your house that is clean. That first impression. First impression is mm-hmm. huge. Inside, declutter, you know, stage if necessary. And it can be light staging. It can be the extent of decluttering, hiding stuff, putting it away, not making your garage necessarily, necessarily your storage unit. Uh-huh. Get a pod, get it off site, not sitting <laughs> in your driveway. <laughs> you know, you want to have good pictures, cars out of the driveway for your pictures. Uh-huh. But just so it's clean. It's clean. It can be an expensive house. It can be an inexpensive house. But yeah. you just whoever the buyer is at that price point, you just want it to be able to pop and just be appealing. Yes. Um, You know, so that would be the first step. And then, of course, once we're at that point, we're scheduling professional photography. Most Uh um, good agents today, I mean, most of us schedule professional photographers. You're not seeing people out there with their iPhones. We do see them occasionally. Yeah, I can attest to that. And I get a couple <laughs> of calls. I've taken two expired listings this year. Uh-huh. And um, they're like, here we had our listing with another agent. And I'm like, well, first the pictures were horrible. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to be rude, but your house is like black in the pictures. Nobody's even going to want to see it. Wow. So I said, you know, just getting better p- pictures will help. One of them sold in two days. We just got professional photography. Everything else is the same. Yeah. To somebody who actually wanted to see it. Yeah. It makes a big difference. So, you know, getting, the, getting that stage set for... Um, You know, making sure it's going to appeal, you know, to the largest audience. It's clean, presentable. Um, Then I think the next step is getting the photographer in there. We also do like a 3D Matterport tour Uh on all of our listings. So we've got the video tour. We've got aerial photography that we do now. Actually, on almost all of my listings, everything's got aerial drone photography. Unless it's going to be a disservice with power lines or something crazy. Uh Pretty much all of my um, houses, even just in a regular cookie cutter neighborhood or getting
1: Matterport too. So just getting all of those things in place to be able to hit the ground running. Makes sense. So let's go back uh, with staging and the importance Mm -hmm. of uh, staging a home.
3: Absolutely. So it's important. um, People want to be able to see themselves in the property. Yes. You know, decluttering, um, taking down a lot of your own personal, you know, pictures and things like that. I always I'm I'm okay with you a few. You uh-huh. know, um, the more attractive the family, though, just <laughs> the better. I went in if they have Dan's they eyes, beautiful. then he yes, can. Dan yeah, has... he could be rocking his picture. Yes, Dan has very handsome eyes, very nice <laughs> yeah. eyes, ladies. He's over there no. blushing. <laughs> First thing I saw, I was we, like, we were talking right about blushes. that before we came in. Uh, came into the show. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So if you're looking for a realtor with good eyes, call Dan. <laughs> yeah. He's
1: your guy. So
2: if you're um, looking for a beautiful
1: <laughs> woman,
3: call Kim. <laughs> yes, thank you. We're a good little pair here. Yeah. We will team up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so basically, you know, I did have a listing recently in Kenmore, and my client. It's like literally it could be models. They're incredible, and I was like, okay, leave the pictures. They're fine, uh-huh. you know. And one of the agents who saw it was like, a little much on the pictures. There. I'm like, why? Well, I thought they were nice, so we left them. So it was kind of a picture wall, and it would have looked weird without it. So we did. But for the most part, you want to declutter. Um, you want things to be fresh, neutral, um, that kind of thing. Just sure. sort of appeals, you know,
1: um, and looks homey, lived yeah. in. So let's talk about, uh, you mentioned 3D and Mm -hmm. how you do that on all of your Mm -hmm. your listings. Talk about the importance of of
3: that. So one of the things, especially being um, in the east side, you know, we have a lot of um, transplants to our area, whether they're international or locally. I think it's important. um, The 3D tours these days, it's like Matterport 3D technology. So it's kind of like a video game where you can basically walk down hallways, walk in rooms, out of Mm -hmm. rooms. Um, It's multi-floor. So you can kind of see how the whole house stacks together. Um, I think for people relocating in or out of the area, it's kind of nice. Um, it's a nice added feature, and it's pretty mm-hmm. true, pretty accurate depiction of, you know, wall sizes, nothing's distorted, uh-huh. things like that. And so if people are looking from abroad or out of the area, they can get a better feel for
1: what the listings are, especially... So they can actually feel comfortable in, in mm-hmm. actually purchasing the property yeah. without coming in and, and Absolutely. seeing it. Yeah. I and mean, especially
3: in a competitive market and stuff, sometimes it's hard for people, you know, the house might be there for three or four days and they can't yes. book a flight and get here. It's just one more thing, you know, that, and we add
1: our aerial... To that, and then we host it all on a tour factory site. So it's very user friendly. Yeah, that's awesome. So, what's important um, to have a wide range of marketing for your listings, and what avenues are you utilizing? Mm -hmm. Well, we um, start with great, you know, um, photography yes. to start. So mm-hmm. you want it to be appealing
3: to the masses. Great, you know, depending on price point too, you might actually have a video shot versus, you know, you know, like a moving video. If it's a several million dollar home, it's going to be a little bit, there are a couple things more that you can do than your typical, you know, five hundred to $750,000 uh-huh. house that we have access to. Um, so that, um, full color photography, good um, print material. So full color, full bleed, heavy card stock on all of that. Um, f- sometimes four-sided flyers, if need be. Uh-huh. Um, you know, brokers open open houses. Brokers' opens are not horribly well attended in our area unless you bribe an agent to come. You know, yeah. most of us successful agents are busy. You're busy, yeah. <laughs> and so I mean, I, I whether I have lunch with them or not, i yeah. I I need to sell my clients' houses or find exactly. houses to buy. So I wouldn't put too much stock in a broker's open, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I'm more worried about the open houses getting the people into the property. Yeah. For the seller.
1: Yeah, makes sense. So do you have any suggestions for reaching the international buyer? Yeah.
3: Yeah. So one of the things that um, uh, Dan touched on, too, is um, anything over a million dollars in King County um, automatically goes on um, Luxury Portfolio International. Okay. And so it basically sweeps over to a company called GY, and that is um, basically Zillow in China. Um, And so because it's the only thing they can get through the firewall. So anything that's on Luxury Portfolio International automatically gets swept to GY. Uh Um, What I've done recently is I've actually gotten an additional subscription to GY. And Dan might want to do this too. It's a pretty cool thing. Um, Basically, I host, bought like a 50 um, set block of listings. So my 50 listings will actually have additional exposure so I can upload more pictures to that listing, of that listing and video and things like that. Because normally you only would get four. Um, pictures where I can maximize on that and give the
1: clients more exposure than uh, typically you would if you didn't, which pay. is a huge benefit, because four mm-hmm. pictures really doesn't say much for mm-hmm. the home, and especially if they're not having an opportunity to come see it. Yeah, and yeah. so it's,
3: it's surprising. Probably less than like two percent of agents may one yeah. or two percent actually do that. Okay. So I just started that about six months ago, and I think that's just one other. You never know where the buyer's coming from. Yes. So it's just one more thing that you can you know put in your toolbox.
1: Yeah. Well, if you were to um, give a shout out to either a buyer or a seller, mm-hmm. I mean, Kim, I know you've have huge success in the business, and you're just a firecracker. I mean, you've got so you. much on your plate, and you do so much, and and you're just, you know, awesome at all of it. Um, but, you know, what what advice would you give to my buyer or seller that's listening to the show today?
3: On a buyer's side, um, once again, as we've just said many times, make sure you're pre-qualified with a wonderful lender like mm. Tina. It's super important. And those of us experienced agents in the business, um, it does make a difference of who you work with. I recently had a seller who unfortunately um, got to closing and they had Quickened. No yes. offense to anybody, yeah, but no. they had a quick and loan um, prior to closing. All of a sudden, they got to the closing table and didn't realize they were being charged two and a th- two point three seven five in points, and wondered why their closing costs were How twice in as the much. Heck that-
1: I mean, with all the regulations
3: mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's like surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, su- I'm sure it was probably disclosed up yeah, front. But of course. And I tried to offer other options, but he was yeah. like, oh, no, I love my person there, uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. And they'd refinance with them before. Yeah. So they got to closing and they were like, why are my, it's a $350,000 loan. Why are my um, closing costs $16,000? Yeah. yeah, I said, can you send me a copy of uh-huh. your uh-huh. Um, of your yeah. um, estimated HUD or yes. whatever it is, My the... The closing disclosure. The closing disclosure. Yeah. They sent it to me, and I'm like, well, this is the, the first CD. problem. Yes, your uh-huh. CD. So <clears throat> they sent it to me, and I'm like, it's the day before closing. There's yeah. nothing we could do. And I, I, wish, the, I wish as an agent I would have said, hey, send me that. But he yeah. was so happy I am never wanted to pull somebody yeah. away from where they want to be. Of course, of course. But at the, at the same time, I really probably just need to be a little bit more firm with that yeah. moving forward, yeah. just so people know what industry standard is. And maybe if they want to pay more, they obviously yes. can.
1: Well, on an, a note to. on that, because that's really good, Kim, and on a note on that, and I'll you know give a plug for financing, because it's a big deal, finding the right real estate agent to get the right property at the right price and all of that, as well as the financing goes in conjunction. But there are options when it comes to interest rate. You can get any interest rate you want. And I'll always show five options. You can pay two points, get this rate, all the way to paying no closing cost at all to option five or something in between. So it's really analyzing those numbers and seeing how long you plan on keeping the property, whether you think the interest rates are not going to go down or not, you're going to refinance. And so it's looking at all those options. But At the closing table, understanding and knowing that you've reviewed them all. So obviously there were not options reviewing, but Mm -hmm. that may have been the right one for them depending on how long they plan on keeping the property. So Kim, thank you so much for uh, coming in. It's always a pleasure to uh, have you here and look forward to having you back as well. Thank you for having me. Coming up next in the Money Hour, the benefits of having an independent insurance agent, Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance, right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break.
2: Do you feel like you are overpaying for your insurance? Not sure if your coverages will protect you in the event of an accident? Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance helps families like yours find the right insurance coverage at the best possible price. Mason has helped hundreds save money on their insurance needs while offering a superior level of service.
5: Hi, this is Mason with Pacific Northwest Insurance. To learn more about my practice, call me at 425-828-7877 or reach me online at pnorthwest.com. Again, that's 425 828 7877 or online at pnorthwest.com.
0: You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co host, Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host, mm-hmm. Tina Mitchell, and my co-host, Keelan Harvey. He's out fishing with his buddies, but I'm here, right here on 1150 AMKKNW the Saturday, June 23rd show, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and our local economy and how it will affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-400-1150. Again, that's one 855 400-1150 or online at com. Right now in studio, I have Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance, and we're going to be discussing the benefits of having an independent insurance agent. Mason, thank you so much for joining me in studio.
5: Thanks for having me, Tina. Great to be here.
1: And a little bit about Mason. Mason was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, and moved into the Seattle area about three years ago. Uh, the opportunity in Seattle is what drew him to the city as well as trying to escape the 100-plus degree weather. I get that. Uh, Mason has been in the insurance industry for nearly five years, assisting people from all walks of life. He specializes in helping his clients identify their insurance needs and provide them with the right coverage to best fit their situation. Mason believes that honest, transparent communication is the key to providing his clients the smooth, possible experience. He has a passion for helping people and strives to be most useful in everything when it comes insurance. So Mason, I'm excited to uh, break it down on independent agent, what that means, the importance of homeowner's insurance. And so let's start out with uh, explaining to my listeners, what is an independent agent?
5: Sure, that's a great question, Tina. Um, so an independent insurance agent typically represents a, a number of companies. So not just one company when it comes to a direct writer with a lot of companies that you might see on tv or or anything and advertisements and and uh, so the benefit of kind of having that is is there's a a number of different markets that i can represent to to maybe help people find their their best fit or or obviously price is important as well to kind of locate the best uh um you know fit for their situation and whatever that is and and uh Um, So, yeah, being an independent agent's been uh, great. I I love the opportunity and kind of ability to work with a, a number of different carriers.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a huge benefit to be able to really shop around for the, the tailored plan that's going to work best for what your clients need is. Now, I talked a little bit about your background coming from a uh, hot Arizona here to the uh, Seattle market, but uh, what else? A little bit more about your background, Mason.
5: Sure. So um, I, I grew up in Phoenix. I've I've, um, I've been in the insurance industry typically my whole life. My dad is, is in the insurance business as well, mm-hmm. and and so I've learned from a, a young age just all the, the different lingo and everything that comes with insurance, and so naturally I've kind of navigated. Um, to to this line of work and and uh, so yeah I, I was with a, a direct writing company prior mm-hmm. to this and and uh, just really saw the opportunity with representing those those multiple different companies and and uh, so it's really been great kind of going forward for my career and and um, you know to just really best best help people in in any way that I can when it comes to their insurance that
1: is that's great so let's talk about the factors that form an insurance premium for an individual.
5: Right. And, and that's a great question as well. Many people might not honestly know that. And, uh-huh. and uh, so when it comes to kind of forming an insurance premium for someone, um, there's a number of different factors that go into it, whether it's um, their zip code of where they live, um, their credit score is, yeah. a, is a big factor in the last number of years to, to help with um, premiums, as well as driving histories, important tickets, accidents, claims on their home, anything like that um, goes into it, as well as the length of of their prior insurance that they've had. And and, uh, so there's kind of a whole whole different um, aspect that goes into an insurance premium, but uh, a lot of those good credit, Yes. you know, clean record, no claims, that really helps drive the, the cost down for people looking for a good good price on their insurance.
1: Mason, what about the claim from the house that they're buying? If that if that owner had claimed on that house, does that affect a new buyer that comes in as well?
5: That does not. So typically a claim follows the person. So whether it. it happened prior, you know, at somewhere they were renting, yeah. a claim happened that would unfortunately follow them to their new home that they're buying, but no, it does not affect someone's house that they might be purchasing okay. from the previous bu- owner.
1: And just so you know, in the mortgage arena. I mean, a lot of times your credit score is just where it needs to be to get that perfect interest rate. And when you're going to shop for uh, homeowner's insurance, you do a soft pull, correct, Mason? Absolutely. So it doesn't affect your credit score at all. So I thought I would uh, chime that in. So Mason, what causes insurance rates to go up for certain companies?
5: Well, that's a great question as well, Tina. I've I, know, uh, I
1: come. I've got some awesome questions that I you, come up with. You
5: really do. I appreciate <laughs> that. And and uh, so some people kind of wonder a lot of times why, after a few years with this company or something, I haven't had any tickets, no claims. What's the reason that my cost is going up for my insurance? And and the reason for that being that um, we've seen a lot of companies in the last number of years have. Uh, um, been on the rise as far as kind of the amount that they're paying out yeah. versus the amount that they're taking in. And and so obviously when those factors start to um, not offset each other anymore, then, then companies do unfortunately take rate increases. And, and so cost of medical, cost of repairs mm-hmm. for vehicles, homes has really been on the rise in the 2000s. And so we've seen a lot of companies that have lost billions of dollars honestly to, to their then unfortunately kind of stuck in that situation where they have to raise the cost of their insurance. And, and so kind of tying back to the independent side, maybe a company, something like that might happen. Well, we've got a number of different options to then you know look to maybe help lower that cost with a different company that we offer.
1: Makes sense, and you know, the, understanding the why behind, I mean, that makes total sense, understand if I had an insurance increase and there wasn't something better out there in another insurance carrier, the fact that the cost have gone up, obviously that has to be passed on to the consumer, otherwise we would have no insurance companies being able to stay in business to insure us. So Absolutely. the why makes a lot of sense. What about, more insurance? Do you have clients that really should be having more insurance than what they have?
5: You bet. And and, uh, a great product for that is an umbrella. A lot of people, Mm -hmm. um, homeowners, it's a great, I always offer that to any homeowner that I see buying a home. And it kind of essentially gives you some extra liability coverage in increments of a million. Um, And so anybody that owns a home might have some equity or or some assets that they really need to protect their family if they were to get in a bad accident or, or, you know, someone injured on their property. Property or anything like that wanted to come after them, um, the umbrella would help step in with lawsuit costs or, or anything like that, sure. uh, um, subrogation, anything like that. So it's it's a great product that we offer. It's honestly. Ten to twenty dollars a month for an, another million dollars of liability coverage, and and I always try to recommend that to anybody. That'd especially be crazy homeowner. that someone
1: would not have, you know, would not have that um, extra coverage for ten to twenty bucks a month.
5: Absolutely, that's
1: crazy. So, uh, Mason, how often do you advise your clients to call you up and kind of get a review of what's happening with their current policy?
5: Sure, I um at least every couple years is okay. is a great opportunity. I mean. Life changes along yeah. the way, and and families, and kids, and and all sorts of things. So um, I always recommend at least every couple years to. To kind of go over insurance needs, maybe mm-hmm. assets, things have increased. You just never know. Businesses might have started a, a venture or something like that. And So it's a great opportunity to just kind of review that. Yeah, make sure that the customers has some peace of mind knowing that that every couple of years their their insurance is is well taken care of.
1: Makes sense. So at least a, a couple of years, and on those life changes, if you're getting married, you're having a baby, or you know any of those things are happening, it's probably a good indicator to pick up the phone and call your independent insurance agent and make sure you're still with the right company and you've got the best coverage makes total sense so Mason what types of business insurance are there
5: Well, there's um, um, all types, anywhere from, uh, so that's another great opportunity as well as for an independent agent is we represent the personal side of insurance as Mm -hmm. well as the business side. So if anyone has even a small business to, you know, an office building with some personal property inside for desks, computers, anything, um, we have a business owner's package that kind of helps package all that together all Uh the way to skyscrapers or anything in between and and so that's a um, um, as well as a home-based business too there's a lot of companies that we offer where you can endorse kind of a um, on your home policy uh, an attachment to it to where you can you know ensure your home-based business all as part of your homeowner's policy so the business side is is we offer that as well from a wide range of anything um, for for business owners out there
1: Yeah. And, you know, my next guest, you and Dennis are going to have to pass business cards because it's being um, uh, doing taxes for accounting for businesses (laughs) and insurance. um, Just saying there's a lot of networking that happens behind the scenes in a studio right here. Yes. So, uh, Mason, what um, separates you from the rest of the industry? I know that's why you're here in studio, because I only bring the best of the best. But share with my listeners. Why are you so
5: unique? Sure. So, um, I mean, you know, you can always pick up the phone and and call a 1-800 number that you see on TV or Mm -hmm. advertisements or anything anything, and, and so I kind of bring that next level of service that, that really kind of custom tailor insurance needs to, to people's situation and circumstances in life, and, and uh, so that's kind of one thing I've learned from a young age is just service. Um, Friendliness. I mean, yeah. that whole thing. You know, to just always kind of take care of the customer number one, and then the rest has has you know taken care of itself from there. And and as well as efficiency too. I mean, being efficient. We just talked about the real estate market and how you know go 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 it can be. And and so the last thing you want to be worried about is insurance and and how uh-huh. you're going to get that sorted out or or have to call and be on hold or something like that. And so that's kind of where I can provide that that next level of service.
1: And, you know, I'm sure a lot of my listeners, um, they may be thinking that it would be really difficult to change insurance companies. And I have to say, speaking from experience, because as you know, Mason, um, we do a lot of business together. My clients come in and they're getting a mortgage and they all have insurance, even if they're first time homebuyers, they're insuring their car or they have renter's insurance. And I always tell them, you know, you've got to just get your information over to Mason. Let let them do a complimentary quote for you so you have something to compare with your current insurance carrier to make sure you've got the best coverage possible. And. And even though they've been with these insurance companies for a year, they're changing over and working with you. So, And they're right in the middle of a closing, meaning we're getting ready to close in less than 30 days. And so there's that sense of urgency as well, which typically people will go with the easiest route when they feel pressure of time. But, so it must be pretty darn easy to change insurance companies, right?
5: Absolutely. And, and like I said before, just that efficiency aspect that I bring to the table mm-hmm. to really kind of help people make this as seamless of a process as possible. I know that um, some people might get... Stressed or worried about the thought or, or idea of kind of switching insurance, but that's where I come in to just make it as easy as possible. And yeah. and um, and and obviously that's kind of why I have a, a job today, right? Is that mm-hmm. uh, you know I provide that um, that kind of you know middleman to the company to just make this as easy of, of a process for people.
1: Yeah, and I have to say, Mason, just recently um, one of my clients, and I have never seen this. I've been doing mortgages for over two decades, and I don't I don't know that I've ever seen. A binder comeback back that was insuring for less than the replacement value of the property based on what the appraisal said that would be. And so we called in a crisis, for whatever reason, they decided to stick with their original insurance company and not move over to yours, which is unusual because majority do. Um, but then we had to get that last minute and your insurance company was willing to insure it for really replacement value. So Can you talk about that? And is that becoming more common now with the fact that people are paying more than the appraised value is or what's happening there?
5: Sure. So, um, I mean, as far as, uh, uh, yeah, people are kind of paying over asking price a lot for homes and Mm -hmm. things like that. And and, uh, so loan amounts, you know, can be higher than what they were expecting as far as the cost of the home and, and so really from the insurance standpoint is, is where we look at the the value of the home itself. So what would uh-huh. it take if this were to burn down, How you know, how much would it cost the insurance company? to replace this in it, sure. for full value. And, and so, um, I mean, as as well as a lot of policies that we have have extensions over top of the, the coverage amount that you might have. So in the event something was to burn to the ground, there was nothing left, there's kind of some added coverage in there as well, 25 to 50% over the, the value that we have it insured to just make sure that the, the client can fully rebuild their house, you know, in the event of a total loss.
1: And that's another um, important thing in working with independent insurance agent because the idea that two companies had totally two different ideas of replacement value and their company would not insure for true replacement value I mean that was a big deal Um, so thanks for uh, coming in and saving on that Mason so if I have somebody listening uh, right now and they want they need to immediately get their insurance let's say that they've got an issue just like I explained because I'm sure that's happening and they want to immediately change insurance companies what do they do?
5: Call me. It's as simple <laughs> as that. And so if, if How someone.
1: reach
5: you, Mason. Sure. So if, if someone just gave a, gave me a call, 425 828 7877, you can reach me on, on email as well, mason at pnorthwest.com. And I will be on the ball and, and assure you that I will take care of the customer's needs first and foremost, and uh, so that they don't have to worry about those crisis situations.
1: And also, you can call the show at 1855 855 411 or go online to themoneyhour.com, and I'll direct, uh, definitely connect you with Mason. And Mason, thank you so much for coming in. I'm excited to have you back, and I want to you know extend a, a great thanks again for all of the hand-holding and the special attention that you give to my own personal clients. Absolutely, really appreciate Tina, you.
5: It's an honor and a privilege. Thanks for having me.
1: This is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Enjoy your Saturday and the rest of your weekend. I look forward to talking more money with you next Saturday, right? Here on at 11:50 a.m. KKNW.
0: Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group LLC and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.